two very special guests today, Josh and Stacy Matthews. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah, what do you think of these awesome studios? It's high tech. Yeah, first rate. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Only the finest. Only the finest. That's great. Well, I'm excited for our conversation today for Gresham Bible Church to get to know you guys more and for you to share um, how the gospel has worked in and through your life. But first, I have an important question that I thought we would start with. So who is your favorite NFL team, Josh? <laughs> Seahawks, go Hawks. Okay. And how long have you been a Seahawks fan? I've been a Seahawks fan since, well, I was born the year before they started as a franchise. My grandparents have ha had season tickets from year one, 1976. There's there's my age. And so my, <laughs> my family has been Seahawks fans since I was born born basically or That's one year awesome. old. And who's your most favorite Seahawk of all time? Mm. If you can limit yourself to just one. It's got to be Steve Largent. Oh, yeah, good call. Just on so many levels. Yes. Okay. That's excellent. Stacy. I jumped on the bandwagon whenever we got <laughs> married. So about 15 years. Oh, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> but great. I'm all there, all hearts. Okay. Oh, great. Great. Excellent. Well, why don't we uh, start with each of you just kind of sharing about yourself? You know, where'd you grow up? Uh, what's your family like? What have you done um, for work? things of that nature. Stacy, you want to start us off? Sure. Yeah. Um, I have to say, first of all, I love this podcast. It's what I do when I fold laundry. So it's the best 30 <laughs> <Yes>. minutes, <laughs> a couple uh, times a week. It. So yeah. thank you for doing it. Um, so I'm Stacy, and I grew up in Southern Oregon in Medford. Um, some of my family still lives there. And maybe I'll tell you about our kids. So we have Halal is our oldest and she's 12 and loves youth group. Thank you, Jordan. And Simeon is 11 and Lita is nine. And, and Silas, um, our youngest is um, seven and he keeps up with the rest of them like you can't believe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. They're great. Okay. Very cool. Josh? Yeah. I grew up in Oregon also in Gresham um, and grew up in a Christian family. I guess we're going to talk about testimonies later. So I uh, have lived here off and on all my life. Um, I've been away for a few years here and there for schooling. Um, I teach at Western Seminary. And so I went to different uh, schools and seminaries for my educational journey, lived in Chicago for a couple of years, and then the Bay Area for a couple of years where I met uh, Josh Howarth, got to know them um, really well. But then we've been back up here in Portland since 2012. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, like I said, working at Western Seminary, teach, teach biblical studies and stuff there. Yeah. And stuff and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm an administrative leader there too. Okay. Excellent. All right. Why don't we transition to how long have you guys been married? Where'd you meet? Where was your first date? I want to oh, hear yeah. it. Good yeah. question. <laughs> well, we've been married 15 years and I forgot to say on the last question, I'm a stay at home mom and so thankful to be able to do that. Um, we met at Multnomah Bible College, and our first date was at, was it Palio? Palio. Palio you Coffee should go Shop. there if you haven't gone there. Palio Coffee Shop. It's down okay. in Loud Circle, down on yeah, like okay. 20th between Powell and Division, I think, or okay. somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah. We try and revisit it every couple of years. Oh, that's <laughs> Bring awesome. Bring back the memories. Okay. Yeah. So I was a student at Multnomah and Stacy was working there as a resident director, um, kind of overseeing the women's dorms and stuff. And um, 
Yeah, we were kind of set up by some friends who Christian Bible knows well, the Mormances. So we both knew them. Stacy worked with Sharon and I had known Matt since grade school, high school. Um, so they, I mean, we kind of knew of each other, I think, but they encouraged us to um, get connected. So we went out a couple times. Um, Stacy thinks it was a bunch of times, but it was actually just <laughs> twice. I think it was just twice. And it just, I mean, it's a long story, but the, the big picture of the story is that it wasn't in the Lord's timing for us mm -hmm. to pursue it any further then. Um, so I finished up at Multnomah and then went to Chicago to go to Wheaton. Um, and we basically didn't have contact for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. when I was moving back, when I was finishing up at Wheaton, um, I reached out and we reconnected through email. And then once I moved back here in 2005, um, then we started dating and had a pretty quick dating and engagement um, and were married in February 2006. Um, so yeah, 15 years, 15 and a half years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Cool. The Lord was, was faithful and it's just neat in hindsight. It was really neat to see all the things that the, the Lord was doing in each of our lives individually and then um, together too. Yeah. Amen. That's awesome. How about what's one thing Gresham Bible Church should know about each of you? Yeah, that's a, another good question. Um, I think I'll go first on this one. Uh, right after Simeon was born, I can't remember now, a few months after he was born, I had um, single-sided, sudden single-sided hearing loss in my left ear. And I'm, I had a little bit of hearing for a little while in it, but now I'm, I'm deaf in my left ear. So that is something that's really shaped me. It was kind of interesting to have it later happen later in my life when the kids were young. I had two little babies and um, just kind of a, whoa, Lord, where did this come from? And I'm still dealing with it now. But thankfully, you know, the Lord is faithful as always and something that impacts every day. But it's something that he's gracious and has I think really taught me a lot of compassion through it. It's something that people can't see. So it's, you wouldn't know it unless I ask you what <laughs> about five times, <laughs> um, but I do a lot of lip reading, but just to realize there's so many people that either have um, a disability that's visible or maybe that we don't even know, but there's, there's so much emotion that goes with that, that, we just don't even know. So it's helped me to be a lot more compassionate towards other people. And my sweet children have probably, and my husband, you guys have all helped me along in being compassionate to myself of, okay, life has to be different because of this. Yeah. I really appreciate you sharing that. That's really personal. And I appreciate uh, what you're sharing because as a church, we're all bringing different stuff to the table. So yes, yeah. It's true. Yeah. Okay. All right. Josh, what's one thing GBC should know about you? Well, besides the most important thing, which I've already covered, which is the Seahawks. Yes. <laughs> go off. I, I used to work at Gresham Bible Church. People probably know that, but um, I worked as an associate pastor. So um, your role, Mike, which you are killing it, by the way, and yes. I appreciate you so much. But oh, um, Mutual. Yeah, was was an elder for a couple of years there when we first moved back up here. Um, and yeah, the, the, again, one of those situations where the Lord is faithful and it's neat to be able to look back on that and, um, see that. And we, we have always loved Gresham Bible church mm -hmm. and are super happy to be back and, um, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Maybe some who are newer to Gresham Bible Church didn't know that, but you are a dear friend and brother and uh, thankful for for you sharing that. Yeah. So out of everything we're going to talk about today, lots of important stuff, but I would be negligent in my duties if I did not lean on an area of expertise for you. And that is through all your studies and being an intellectual and a leader, you um, set the bar high for knowing what a good burger is. So I would love to hear Josh, you and I have been in a secret burger quest for years. This is a worthy quest. It's not a secret anymore. It's not a secret anymore. We're going public. I would love you to share uh, what you think are the key factors. I mean, this could be a two-hour conversation. We'll try and, and shorten this down. What are the key factors that determine a good burger objectively? I th- hope it's okay for me to share this. I didn't talk to you about this ahead of time. A highlight for me over these last like 10 years of my life is you putting in like real intellectual work to coming up with this like matrix and grading system. And I respect you so much for that. So I would just love you to share that with Gresham Bible Church. What makes a good burger once for all time? Dr. Josh Matthews is speaking on this. (laughs) Oh man, it's, it's kind of an art and a science, but um, there is some objective, absolute truth to the matter. And and I think the main thing is ratios, the ratio uh, of yes. bun to um, juiciness, to meat, to <laughs> condiments, veggies, all of that. Um, I think that's probably, if I had to say the one key factor, that'd be it. Ah, ratios. Okay. So when you boil it all down, that is the key factor that determines a burger is good or not. I think if I had to boil it down, it's so hard to boil down. I mean, yeah. there's the the cook and the crust on the patty. There's the type of bun and and it's making me hungry. Consistency <laughs> and the, yeah, I mean, and every and I think it is a, it is an, a science, but it's an art too. So okay. everybody right. has their own different opinion, and that's they're entitled to their opinion, even if it's the that wrong. Doesn't mean they're right. right. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well, thank, thank you for sharing that. about that uh, on the podcast. <laughs> um, makes me want to go get a good burger. Yes. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, producer Jordan is asking Josh and Stacy. Feel free to speak into this. Where do you think the best burger is? I still haven't found it. I don't think I found yes. it yet. Yes. I think, I think Killer Burger. We want our heaven now, but we can't have yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's the kind of thing where if I, if I finally were to reach the end of the burger quest and find the best burger, then um, it would be disappointing. It would be it, sad. Yes. I like, totally agree. The, the quest it's more about the quest, the quest itself. Yeah. 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 Okay. Stacy, do you have a favorite? I'm just going to say Josh makes a pretty mean burger on the grill. He does a really good job and we, we do frequent PDX sliders pretty often. So nice. I'd kind of go there. Okay. I still think we need sponsors for the podcast. So maybe we can talk about PDX sliders. Yes. Okay. Excellent. Seriously. That's making me hungry and distracted right now. So um, why don't we transition? Always good to hear each other's testimonies as a church. Um, So if you could each just briefly share how did you come to saving faith in Jesus? Always good to hear that. Stacy, you want to start us off? Sure. Yeah. I grew up in a Christian home, um, really sweet parents that were first generation Christians. Um, but I, we went to church ever since I was a baby and heard the gospel from a young age. And, um, I don't remember exactly how old I was, but um, I really struggled with fear a lot. And I kept having nightmares and would come wake up my parents. I'm scared. I'm scared. And they um, just continued to share the gospel and encourage me to receive 
Christ's forgiveness for my sin and to um, realize that he would live inside of me and that he was always with me. He would never leave me, never forsake me. And that um, just became a comfort and a reality. And it's funny, as we were talking about this, I was thinking how different fears have kind of played out throughout my life and kind of coming back to that groundwork where the foundation was laid of um, Christ being everything, him forgiving me of my sin and making me whole. And then just the hope of heaven, the hope of eternity is, um, yeah, just valuable. Thank you. Yeah. So would what we can talk more about this later, but would you say that theme of fears is still applicable in how you appropriate the gospel, how you live out of that still? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the, the older I get, the more you can, you know, look back in hindsight and it's just neat to see this whole sanctification process. How many times you come back to, who God is and what he has done. And those realities are still, still true now. And the more that you see him, his faithfulness, then I feel like they become even more rock solid. And so, Amen. yeah, that little beginning there has just grown through the years. Yeah. yeah isn't it cool to look back and oh, reflect on so that? Good. Yeah. 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 That's great. Josh, how about you? Yeah. Like kind of like Stacy. And like I said earlier, um, grew up in a Christian family, a family that really loved the Bible. Like, like the Bible was central. I mean, my dad would read us Old Testament Bible stories and um, a, a denomination that also valued scripture. It wasn't an imperfect family or denomination at all, but uh, the Bible was central and important. Um, and yeah, so I guess similar at an age of, I think about five, um, one night I just had questions. I had an older brother, have an older brother and we were talking and I just was asking him all these theological questions about that, you know, what, to, at whatever depth a five-year-old can, can ask. And he said, he eventually got to the point where he said, I don't know, go ask mom and dad. So <laughs> I went and asked them and we just talked and, um, I don't remember the specifics, but I think I, I think I understood the gospel. I think they articulated it clearly and I, I knew I needed Jesus and um, I knew that his his death was sufficient for salvation and, and his resurrection was real. Um, so I think I came to a, a true conversion at that at that stage. And um, I mean, at every point there, it hasn't been a smooth sailing, you know, consistent growth pattern ever since, but overall it has been. And I think at every point I can, I can see not the things that I was like achieving, you know, because of anything that I bring to the table, but just God's faithfulness and um, bringing people into my life and the church situations I was in and um, youth group. And yeah, just all, all along the way, it's um, yeah. Evidence that he who began a good work is bringing it to completion. And Amen. Um, yeah. Amen. Yeah. I love hearing people's testimonies. We shouldn't tire of it. And yeah. it's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wanted to dive in um, to more specifically kind of how what you're starting to share has played out and is still playing out in your life. And so first I'll kind of maybe hang our hat on it. So at GBC, we say we exist to glorify God 
in being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. So kind of want to press into that together with you guys. And one of my favorite verses is Colossians 1.23, and not the complete verse, but the first half says, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard. So just to kind of sit in that a little bit, not shifting from the hope of the gospel. So wanted to just hear you kind of talk about and encourage one another as a church family. Where do you find yourself in your life, whether now or in your, you know, growth as a Christian? Where do you find yourself most prone to shift your hope from the gospel? So Colossians 1.23, not to do that. And yet we're all doing that in different ways. So what does that look like for you? You want to go first? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's such a such a good verse. The concept of having to preach the gospel, getting to preach the gospel to ourselves and remi- needing to remember over and over the truth of the gospel. That's something that I think as years go by, I, I feel like I understand that and appreciate that concept more and more. And I think it's a, it's a biblical concept. It's all over scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I think the area for me or one area for me where I'm most prone to shift um, from my hope in the gospel is in good things, is in things that really matter, that things that I feel like the Lord has called me to or responsibilities that I'm that I have um, being a husband, being a dad, my responsibilities at work um, here at church. I think those are things that I, I care about and I should care about and I should work hard to do well and I have a responsibility to. Um, to honor God and to like strive for a, a marriage that honors God. Um, and when things don't go well or when it's hard um, and when I find myself struggling or when people that I love are are not doing what I think they should do, that's, <laughs> that's when I think I'm most prone to uh, kind of stray from trusting a deep trust in God and in the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, the the work of the Holy Spirit in other people's lives and in um, circumstances and situations. So that's something that I just keep coming back to over and over with parenting. I mean, yeah, any any parent knows that it never goes exactly how we want it to go, and <laughs> and that's something that I can't. I don't want to just be apathetic about and uh, be passive about. I want to really strive to be a good dad um, and to love my kids well and to train them up in in the gospel. Um, But it's not all on me. It's not. uh, And I tend to take it all upon myself and take full responsibility for it. And, and, um, and also think that it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's up to me to try to fix the situation. Yeah. Okay. So just kind of reflecting on what you're sharing, how do you know, like if you have a soul dashboard and your gauges are saying certain things, how do you know when you're shifting your hope from the gospel in that? I'm not saying that's definitive and that's easy, but like just, in each of us that kind of manifests itself maybe in different ways. What's that look like for you? Oh man, that's a great question. Uh, if it was an easy answer, it probably wouldn't be, wouldn't <laughs> yes. be a, a struggle as yeah. much, but some things are just my level of stress, my level of um, edginess. You know, Stacy knows it probably more than <laughs> anyone else when I'm not trusting the Lord with circumstances. And um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's the level of how um, the stress and kind of that, uneasiness and lack of trust in God 
how that manifests itself in just the way I treat people or the shortness of um, my speech with people, those kinds of things. But um, also, also just the times when I kind of step back, look at the situation and realize I, I really haven't gone to the Lord with this. I really haven't yeah. dug into abiding in Christ and, and giving it to him in prayer and committing it to him through prayer and through um, just resting in, in his goodness and faithfulness. And that, that just happens way more than I wish it did. And, <laughs> yeah. um, it's in those times when I step back and think, think about that, honestly, that I realize that I'm just not trusting God for who he is. Yeah. This encourages me even in the moment to hear one another talk about it, right? To be honest and what this looks like in each other's walk as believers. Stacy, how about for you? Where do you find yourself or finding yourself most prone to shift your hope from the gospel? And maybe why is that? Yeah. I, I feel like something that has resurfaced over and over again through the years is a struggle with contentment. And um, I think as I was reflecting on this, I think I kind of have had a naive view of, oh, if I love the Lord with all my heart, things will be pretty easy. Like if, if we love each other well, our marriage is going to go well, and I'm going to parent well, all that, that kind of mentality of like, okay, when it's not easy, then what's wrong? Like what's wrong with God rather than what's wrong with me is usually where I fall off the ledge right away. Um, but, but that has played out with discontentment. I think I often look sideways like, oh, they have this or they have that. And I thought the Lord was going to do that for me. And it's not working out the way I expected it to. And of course that's just sin. <laughs> um, but it's, it's hard to admit and to repent of and to really let the Lord be who he wants to be to me and, and fill that, that hole, um, with his satisfaction. And even I feel like the reality of the hope of heaven, again, I think just has become so real that, I think one of you guys in your preaching recently said, are we trying to live in heaven now on this earth? And we're not made to do that, but that's, that's for later. And right now the Lord wants to walk us through these trials and grow us in character and um, do his work in us. And so that contentment, I think often I need to hear the gospel that I have been saved by grace alone. Um, and Amen. that sin is just not from the Lord. Yeah. That discontent because yeah. he's good. He is always good. And yes. I can come back to that. Yeah. I'm, um, and forgive me if I'm not hearing it right and, and, uh, refine it for me, but I'm hearing you say that you're kind of growing in that or that's, so how is that happening in your life? Right. None of us fully see what God's doing, but you can kind of see God's forming. It's all in the image of Christ. I know for me in different ways. So like, how do you, know that that area you're prone to shift is contentment are there circumstances that have brought it up certain truths about god like just you know someone's going to hear this and maybe resonate with that how would you encourage them as they're growing in maybe that same area yeah i mean i think a lot of it just comes by humbling the lord humbling me <laughs> yes. and like crushing yeah, me oh yeah this is not of me you're you're whining um again because you're not finding your satisfaction in me so that's most most of it is falling down. Um, but I think a lot of it is, has been through just consistent time in the word. Um, the women's Bible studies have been amazing. The more that I 
see who God is, the more I feel like I can trust that because circumstances, you know, ebb and flow all the time. And so it's, I'm never, I think realizing the older I get, I realize I'm never going to feel secure. I'm never going to feel content. Like, you know, I can, my emotions go up and down all the time, but the more that I see who God is and the more that I see how he's been faithful through the years, then I realize that my true contentment is found in him alone. And, and it's, there is a deep satisfaction. I think when we've all tasted that in our Christian walk, it's really beautiful. And then something that you want to yearn for. Yeah. 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 Amen. So I don't uh, know if that answered no, your question. It's so good. I, I love, <laughs> I love hearing you guys talk about it. Um, so how about, I appreciate your transparency and what you've shared. So you've shared kind of for your own walk with Jesus. What does it look like as a husband and wife in, in your marriage? How do you help one another not shift your hope? from the gospel. And I know it's going to look different in different marriages. I'm not trying to give us like this secret technique or equation, but like in you guys' marriage, how do you help each other um, in this? I, I mean, I can think of a couple kind of key points where Stacy has spoken truth, um, where, yeah, just different stages. I mean, once was when I was doing my, my studies, um, my PhD studies, and just hit a wall, which, uh, I think probably happened multiple times, but just f- really forgot, like, what's the point of this? This is too hard. I don't, it's, it's just a, uh, yeah, it's just toil and not rewarding. And, and she would, she would speak truth to me and remind me why we're, why we're doing this, why we're, um, yeah, in this situation, why we've chosen this direction. And um, so she's consistently just spoken truth to me. Or um, more recently, there was a time where I was just kind of overwhelmed with uh, work and busyness and a lot going on. Um, And I think she noticed, insightfully noticed that I was always kind of having the mindset, like, once I get done with this next thing, then I'll be able to kind of trust the Lord and rest in him and, uh, relax and focus on the things that I needed to focus on. And she, and she was, uh, she kind of, again, spoke truth and said, you know, once this thing is over, there's going to be something else. And you, I think need to find rest wherever you are, whatever the circumstances are. Um, and so those are two that really stand out to me as kind of specific moments of Stacy speaking truth into my life, um, more as kind of like practical patterns. I think we, we both have from the beginning of our marriage have, uh, just tried to consistently encourage each other and be consistent in the word. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's just something that we've, there's been different times where it ebbs and flows, but we kind of keep reminding each other that's, we, we know that's good. We know that's yeah, right. And, amen. Uh, a way to keep truth and the gospel at the forefront of our minds every day. So those are a couple of things that come to mind. Yeah. Okay. Stacy. Yeah. That just made me think of when you were saying that. I remember when um, Halal and Simeon were babies and I was overwhelmed. They were born 14 months apart. I was so tired. And I was just like, I don't have time to be in the word. Sorry, this has got to go. And Josh 
looked me in the eye and was like, no, you don't have time not to be in the word. And it was so hard for me to hear that because I was like, you don't understand. <laughs> this is so hard. And it was. And the, I didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the best thing that he ever, he could have ever said because the Lord just really used that to be like, I can't not. Even if they're like crying and running around, I used to call it my unquiet time because <laughs> it was usually not quiet, but I just to like just even read just a little bit was so, so important and so significant. Um, but yeah, I was thinking like how we help Josh is much better at speaking truth to me, um, and being able to identify things. So he's helped me a lot with, I tend to write on my emotions <laughs> up and down and just the reminder that it's so important to, um, choose to believe truth and to come back to the gospel, come back to the word, and then let the emotions follow behind that. Um, but thinking of the reverse, like it's really, I feel like it's just such a privilege as a wife when I see things creeping up in his heart or his mind to be able to pray for him. And maybe it's just because I'm home a lot and cleaning lots of toilets, <laughs> but I feel like I have this kind of time where I can just pray and, and it helps me rest when I can bring him before the Lord or our kids, whatever, all the problems, all the things. <laughs> yep. So I feel like prayer has been a huge thing too. Oh, that's awesome. I, I love what you're sharing because it's so applicable to you guys and you know each other, how you're wired. And yet I'm also hearing just the norms of the healthy Christian life, being in God's word, praying for one another, speaking grace and truth to each other. You're connected to one another, keeping short accounts. Like I feel like sometimes it's like we're looking for this next secret to the Christian life. And there's these norms that Jesus has given us in his word to help us not shift from the hope of the gospel. So just hearing you talk about that, I think is helpful and a good reminder. So we're not looking for that next like Christian life hack. We can kind of see what does God's word actually say about this? So yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, wanted to ask you guys, I've really enjoyed when um, we've had voices on the podcast of hearing times when reflecting on people have been really keenly aware of God's faithfulness in our life. He always is faithful. Um, but when people can share, yeah, looking back, wow, God was so faithful to us in that moment. It's just encouraging to one another as a church family. So I wanted to ask both of you on the podcast, like, is there a time in your life, maybe individually or in your marriage that you can look back on? Maybe a time you share with your kids who are in the other room right now. This is the first <laughs> voices uh, guest where we've had kids in the other room and they're doing awesome. Um, the door's closed. Yeah. So <laughs> reading Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. So, so like, is there a time where you look back on and you are keenly aware of God's faithfulness to you? Oh man, I think I am keenly aware that I am slow to learn, just so slow. Like when I look back, I wish that I would get things <laughs> about the Lord quicker and he is just so patient and I it's just amazing to me and I think that whole father image of how we love our kids and of course we're going to be patient but it's hard for me to receive that from the Lord and to realize that he just keeps 
reminding me of the truth over and over and over. And even though it takes a long time, he's, he just keeps working on me. Um, so yeah, I guess just overall, that's what I would say. Yeah. There's so many specifics. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How, Josh, is there yeah. a, a time or a theme or something that comes yeah, to mind? I would say more of a theme than a time. I mean, certainly there have been some times and probably like a lot of people, they've been the hard times that mm-hmm. have, um, at least in hindsight, have been the times where God's faithfulness is most evident. Uh, But kind of as a theme, I think it's, uh, yeah, vocation, career, those kinds of things. Probably a lot of people would share similar experiences or thoughts. Um, Yeah, it took me a while to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. I I mean, I had inklings of it early on, but um, thought that, you know, pursuing biblical studies and a scholarly kind of career or academic career. I thought that would be down the road after having a real job for a while first. Um, but the Lord had, had different plans and, um, and along the way, then there was just a lot of uncertainty, a lot of, um, yeah, just points where I didn't, didn't know what the next step was. Um, and so that, I think that would be the, the big theme, um, and then, yeah, going still going through that up until just a few years ago, um, kind of wondering what the what the long term plan was going to be. And then in recent years, where um, my role at Western is is more solid and stable, and I'm really seeing um, just the way that the Lord is using me there and opportunities I have to serve the church and, and to kind of bring together things that have been in my kind of at the core of, of what drives me for um, my whole adult life. They're co- coming together in my yeah. role there. So that's that's, awesome. I think that's uh, at this point, looking back on all that, that would be the theme Mark, and really rejoice in his faithfulness. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I love just asking this people question because it can be like an acute time or times multitude in our life or a theme or pattern and all of it though is good and it gives God glory to just hear each other talk about it. So yeah. Um, Stacy, you wrote a post on the church blog that I would love to hear you share more about on the podcast. And I'm just going to say real quick, asking for two reasons. One, because what you wrote ministered to me and I'm sure it did and will to others, but then two, kind of as an opportunity to plug for those that maybe don't know about the church blog. And there's so much good stuff on there that I would encourage people to frequent it, subscribe to it. Um, It's so awesome to see different people at GBC contributing to it. So I thought um, having you on the podcast to share about that would be beneficial on multiple fronts. So so could you kind of share with us about what you wrote? It was a post entitled Reflecting and Remembering. So kind of what did you share and just what are you learning from that still? Yeah, that's great. Um, I, I just, let's see, I think it was March where all of a sudden I realized, oh, wow, it's been a year since the kids like got let out of school and all the chaos happened. (laughs) COVID. Um, And it just dawned on me like, wow, it's been a year. Like that's a length of time. And so I just started thinking about that and was feeling more convicted, like, okay, what am I going to do with that? Like, am I just trying to forget it and be like, okay, that's a year that I don't want to remember. And a lot of things that were hard, um, or there's probably some things there that I need to ponder and just felt the Lord kind of stirring all of that and felt like, okay, if I'm thinking this, maybe 
somebody, somebody else's. else's. Uh-huh. So it'd be good to write this down. Um, yeah, I probably wrote it down more selfishly than anything. Um, so yeah, just, I think a few things surfaced of just, I mean, that was when we were just kind of coming back to church. So that was really heavy on my heart. Like, the reality of what it was like to not be meeting as the body and just how significant that is. I have never in my life realized how important that was and just missing it. Um, but I think even now, like just realizing that church is different because of COVID, things have changed. And so it's... Um, it's just been a really good time for me to realize how important unity is. And I think that you guys as pastors have done an incredible job of leading us, but just like, okay, when I come to church, it feels different than it did pre COVID, but I need to check my heart. I need to be praying. I need to be making sure that I'm in at a place of unity because things have changed. Um, and so that's one thing. Um, yeah, just, the other thing that was on my heart of just thinking we kind of had a halt all of a sudden and now things are kind of resurfacing again and there's I think me as a mom I'm excited for parks to be open and just like things to feel a little bit more normal yeah Yeah, school a little bit you know um but at the same time just having some time to reflect of okay what were we doing was all of that helpful and beneficial Mm -hmm. um what do we want to dive back into and what do we want to maybe change a little bit and just really pray and ask the lord for wisdom and seek his guidance um so anyways, that's not exactly what I wrote in the blog post. You can write, you can read it, but just yes. the idea of being intentional about what happened this last year. What what does the Lord want to use to change my heart? Yes. Um, I think it's kind of that idea. Yeah. yeah, no, I appreciated kind of the vantage point of what you shared. It encouraged and honestly challenged me because I um, am ready just to be done with it, right? <laughs> and so, but Seriously. you're laying it before the Lord. What am I learning and reflecting on in all our different roles in life? So I appreciated what you had to share and I hope others have had the chance to read it. If you haven't, I'd encourage um, us to as a church and take that before the Lord. Lord, what are you teaching me? Where are you calling me into and growing? Because I would hate to get through whatever this last time has been and not grow as individual believers, grow deeper as a church for the glory of God. I just, anyway, I appreciate where you're coming from and think we could all kind of lean into that a little bit and not just move on to what's next. So, yeah. And I think it's kind of powerful that we've all, we've all experienced it very, very differently, but we've all been through something together. Like when in your life, besides as believers, do you have something that you've all been impacted by, even though it's different? So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. That's awesome. Yeah. So Josh, I wanted to ask you, I don't know the best way to tee this up, but in your quote unquote, I like using quote unquote day job at Western, you Western is for the local church. Love that about Western seminary. You get to interact with a lot of different pastors, church leaders, um, in different ways. So you have a really unique and helpful vantage point. So I just thought it'd be helpful for you to, to share, you know, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? in about from the local church, you know, over this last, I don't know, year or two that you find concerning 
And on the flip side, what are you seeing, hearing, sensing that you see as an opportunity? Oh man, that's such a good question. And there's, uh, I just feel like there's a million different things bouncing around my head in, yeah. in response. I think one thing is I've realized that we're not the only church that is uh, that has had challenges because of this year. I mean, I don't. I feel like we have not had that many horrible challenges, but I think that in general, this last year, and I think beyond, it's not just from the pandemic or COVID or responses to COVID. It, there's a lot of different things going on. I think the, the culture around us continues to reject Jesus. Like mm -hmm. it, uh, I mean, really like it has always done throughout history, um, throughout the history of, of the world, but um, it's re rejecting Jesus in more kind of obvious ways, I think. Um, and that's, uh, that's, and so churches, I think in different ways are experiencing that are experiencing, um, just the, the movement of culture, um, the movement of the world around us and, and changes and, um, tensions, polarization. And, um, it's not just our church that's experiencing that. It's not just the church in Portland that's experiencing that though. I think Portland is a you know, somewhat unique place. Um, but it's the church all over the country and all over the world, really, that I think is facing some maybe different realities than we've faced, at least in our recent history. Yeah. Um, and so I think maybe one of the challenges that um, surfaces is that I think uh, it disrupts some assumptions that maybe we've had of, of how we identify ourselves and where to draw lines on issues and political allegiances and um, whatever it is, I think the, the relationship between the gospel and the truth that scripture teaches and um, different issues and, and movements in culture, that those relationships are messy. And I think we're all having to kind of evaluate what, where to draw those lines and where to really kind of, uh, stick our flag in the sand and say, this is, this is a gospel issue, or this yeah. is an implication of the gospel. Um, so that's, a, that's a challenge, um, that I think will be an ongoing challenge. And I, I don't think it's something that's new to the Christian experience. Um, but it's, it's more, um, it's an elevated intensity right now yeah. on the other side of it. I think that's also an opportunity. I, I see it, um, as both a challenge and an opportunity because it's, it is giving us the chance to rethink allegiances, rethink where we've drawn lines and really, really stand kind of like Stacy was saying, stand for unity, stand in a way that looks different to the world around us, that um, where we can have different views on different things, but we're unified in the gospel, we're unified in our identity in Christ. Um, and, and hopefully we conduct ourselves even within disagreement in a way that um, honors honors God. Um, so I think there's all kinds of opportunities in this moment, but for the church to really um, keep coming back to truth and and scripture as the source of truth. I mean, there's so an, another whole layer to this would be the, the vast variety of different competing truth claims and different sources of truth that are vying for our attention yeah. and trying to, you know, make, make a claim for having the, the corner on the market of truth. And, um, and so I think we have a, a challenge and an opportunity to keep coming back to scripture as our source of truth and 
um, to, to be confident that the Bible does speak to, to life, even in this moment and culture. And, Amen. um, yeah, so those, those are some thoughts that come to mind. Yeah. I'd love to have like multiple podcast episodes on that whole, whole conversation. Right. Uh, yeah. Lots to consider and, and reflect on. Um, thanks for sharing that. Appreciate it. So Josh, you are an elder at Gresham Bible church. You were installed earlier this year. I count it a joy to serve with you on the elder team. So um, I want us as a church to continue to grow into what does God's word say an elder is. So you are shepherd, Josh. You are overseer, Josh. You are pastor, Josh. Uh, So how, you know, and using this podcast as a forum to connect as a church, help us joyfully and faithfully follow Jesus. Do you have any pastoral encouragements for us as an elder? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I, I just threw like a huge <laughs> softball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, maybe it would kind of come out of what we were just talking about. Um, we're, yeah, we're Gresham Bible church. And I, I love the centrality of the Bible at our church and the way that, that, that is central to the preaching every week. Um, it's clear that the, the sermon is a, is a sermon that's based on scripture. We're not trying to just make Josh and you, Mike and Jordan, um, whoever's preaching is not just up there trying to say what they think and, you know, stand on their soapbox. It's, it's really, there's really a deep commitment to have those sermons come from the text and have all that we do come from the biblical text. The Bible is, is central to our church. And I would just encourage us to keep digging into that as individuals. And as a church, um, there's, again, there's so many different things vying for our attention and our time and our bandwidth. Um, and I think it's a, it's a difficulty for me. I mean, I get paid to study the Bible and, yeah. <laughs> and I still, you know, I, there, there are still many times when I have to reset and, um, put, put, uh, the Bible in its rightful place of priority. So I think that would be one thing. And then in line with that, I think one thing that I, I see in the Bible all over the place is that God's people are often in a kind of marginalized place or a place of, of minority and, and not having the, the prominent voice in society. And I think um, just, again, coming out of what we were talking about with our cultural moment, um, it's not that unusual. It's, it's not unusual at all for God's people to be on the side of things where, um, where, where the message that we that our yeah that our whole identity rests on the message of the gospel is not popular yeah. I think there's a temptation for for Christians in these days for myself in these days to respond um, in yeah either by kind of going the way of the culture and saying that yeah I don't want to I don't want to battle it I don't want to go against the flow I don't want to be a fish out of water in this culture so the tendency could be either to kind of go along with it and um and the, on the other side and I think maybe this is more of a temptation for um the kind of circles that we run in or our our um evangelical and theologically conservative circles and my own tendency that the other side of it would be to just respond with kind of a panic, a fear, a, Mm -hmm. um, uh, just a real unsettled, like what is going on? The world is crumbling around me and I don't know what to do with it. I think we can be, we can both be saddened by the brokenness of the world around us and really be clear about the ways in which it is, it is rejecting Jesus. Um, but I think we can do that without being 
fearful and without uh, being overly um, outraged and and battle against that and really without being surprised because I think it I think if there's one thing well there's a lot of things that the Bible says over and over but one of the things that it constantly portrays is again God's people having a message that's different than what the world yes. world thinks so whether it's like a righteous remnant kind of a theme or an ex uh, faithfulness in exile kind of a theme or the suffering church in the in um, the first century it's there's often a theme of suffering and having a hard time in this world to, to the degree that we're faithful, it's going to be hard. And uh, I think we could just really do well to not be surprised at that and to find joy in that and find our hope in eternity and in the truth of Jesus. Oh, amen. More of that, please. Amen. Yeah, thank <laughs> you for sharing for that. It's a, it's a real struggle for me. I mean, I think we, if we're honest, it's a struggle for all of us. We don't we don't want to live in a place, in a world, in a, in a city that um, doesn't like us, that sees us as the enemy. Yeah. Amen. I'm just connecting the dots and thinking through what you just shared. And we talked earlier more in an individual sense, right, of Colossians 1.23, of not shifting our hope from the gospel. I guess I would just think through and add on to what you're saying that we're prone to do that collectively as the local church, as the church in the West. Cause yeah, we want to pendulum swinging too far one way or the other, and we need to hold fast to what is good. Thanks for what you shared. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Josh and Stacy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Your kids have been amazing being <laughs> quiet in the other room. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Fun. Great. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on Life Together. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or feedback or something you'd like to hear discussed uh, more on the podcast or um, most likely if you've been an attentive listener, uh, some of what and all of what Josh and Stacy have shared, like, wow, I'd like to learn more about that or connect with Josh and Stacy about this. Um, that's the point of this podcast is it's not just to encourage a consumer mindset and the church is, um, you know, I'm being paid to deliver content. This is to spark real conversation in the life of our church as brothers and sisters in Christ who um, are striving to not shift our hope from the gospel for the glory of God. So want to um, encourage us as a church to excel still more in that. So thanks for joining us today. And also wanted to give a thank you to our friends at Humble Beast for the music that we use on the podcast. Thanks so much, GBC. Until next week.